ministry in the church can be life-giving and life-changing. And in the midst of it, we all need faithful companions along the road. Welcome to Along the Road, a podcast on faith and leadership for ministry leaders of the PCUSA. So you're serving as a ruling elder or a deacon in the church, but you also have almost a dozen other roles. Teacher, trainer, medic, writer, decorator, mechanic, coach, coordinator, fill in the blank. Come join us in the midst of your day, wherever you are, to be inspired in your role in the church, become nourished and renew your call. Formation as a leader doesn't happen all at once. So let's walk along this road together. I'm Martha Miller, a ruling elder and a certified Christian educator serving within the PCUSA Office of the General Assembly. And I'm excited to travel on this journey with you. It's a great day today because we're gifted with the presence of Sarah Moore Noakes. Glad you're here, Sarah. Thank you. It's so great to be here. As we always remember in our Nourish episode intros, we all fill many roles and Sarah is no exception. So Sarah, I'm going to let you tell us what you'd like us to know about yourself. Fabulous. Well, I am a teaching elder in the Presbyterian Church. I am not currently serving in a position though. I'm also an ICF certified coach and consultant, and that's how I spend a lot of my time these days. I live in Wisconsin. I have uh, nearly adult children. I'm married to a librarian. And what else is important to know? I am the parent to an 80 pound pit mix, which came to our house as a promise that I didn't think I'd have to deliver on. <laughs> but here we are. So that's who I am. That's awesome. Thanks so much for helping us learn a little bit more about you. And a little about me includes the fact that I love the liturgical calendar. I cherish the seasons of the church year because of the sort of holy cycle that forms within it. In this season of Advent, we, as we wait for the birth of Christ, there are themes that are significant as part of the season that even if you aren't listening to the episode during the season can be significant in our Christian journey. I mentioned waiting. In our society, we're used to instant gratification. And so waiting can be really hard. It isn't necessarily particularly welcomed. Have you had seasons of waiting that have not necessarily been welcomed or maybe have been? I have, of course, had seasons of waiting. And when you invited me um, to talk about this topic, I was uh, really delighted because this season that we typically think of, you know, Advent and waiting is one of my very, very favorites. Mm. Um, It's a time when it feels to me like the world slows down a little bit just because, it, at least in my neck of the woods in Northeast Wisconsin, it gets cold and dark and we all sort of huddle in. And there's a <clears throat> coziness and a quietness that I think is harder to access when it's, you know, 70 and sunny or 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 whatever, you know, the other seasons are bringing us. So I've certainly had both the seasons of waiting that had nothing to do with the actual season, 
But this time of year, really, this November, December, and even into January feels like a time of contemplation to me. And I'm really grateful to have an opportunity to talk about it. I I don't know if we're going to get into this later, but Mm -hmm. one of my very favorite authors, uh, Catherine May, wrote a book called Wintering. Mm -hmm. Um, And that book talks about how we have this opportunity in this season to really uh, turn inward and to be a little bit more quiet and to you know, think differently about who we are and what we're, what we're doing in this world. So I, I love the opportunity in this season to do that. Oh, that's great. It occurs to me and hearing about wintering sort of connects with this, that when we wait, we're drawn into a period of noticing Mm -hmm. in my own experience, my own personal experience, when I find that when I'm forced to slow down or to wait, I'm more likely to pay attention to what is around me. I think about how small children don't go anywhere quickly and tend to take that time to notice the little things around them, whether it's a a stone, you know, every flower, every little wood chip, certainly in the, in the winter that looks a little bit different, but just the fact that in the period of waiting that we do tend to notice things more and what we can learn from that during this season. I think you might be more disciplined than I am, Martha, because when I'm forced to wait, I just get irritated first. (laughs) Well, I guess I should say, yes, certainly there's irritation too. Yes. Right. But if I can slow my body down or my brain down, and usually it's a combination of both enough in a period of waiting, then yes, then there is definitely noticing. And um, I think that that is a skill that people have not had a lot of opportunity to develop. Like I think about our current education system. I serve on the board of education in my town too, so it's one of my Mm -hmm. other hats that I wear. Mm -hmm. Um, And how education in our country isn't, it's not built on the ideas of waiting and noticing and quiet contemplation, right? Right, yeah. Um, So it's not a skill that we develop as children. It's Mm -hmm. not typically a skill that we develop in the workforce. I very rarely hear, for instance, clients of mine say, oh, I went to the staff meeting and the first thing we did was we spent 10 minutes noticing what's different uh, or what we're, (laughs) you know, being drawn to or uh, what the particular challenge is. That's not how we frame our days. So not only is it a skill that requires uh, like exercise and development. Um, it's also not just um, typically part of our everyday experience. So I'm curious as you're thinking about this, like how do you how do you move into it? How do you move into mm-hmm. that moment of noticing mm-hmm. when yeah. the typical response would be irritation, like, ah, oh, I have to wait. I want to wait. Right. Well, and to use to use my example of walking with a small child, You know, I certainly have to be honest to say that usually when I am walking, I'm at a going to a destination. Like I am on my way somewhere and I need to be there at a certain time. And so to walk with a small child who stops and notices all those things can certainly be 
frustrating. And I think in some ways it gets taken away from us. Like you're saying, that's not a cherished skill necessarily. We sort of then teach our children to know, move along, move along. Right. And so I, I, but I think about it related to this liturgical season when we think, and maybe it's even one of the busiest seasons we have really in our yeah. society wise. And right. yet if we get that gift from God to sort of sit back and and think about the waiting piece and think about what we can learn during that time. And I think as we talk about the audience for this episode being leaders, ruling elders and deacons who are part of the spiritual leaders of of our congregations and and what gifts we can get from that noticing during this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think part of the reason I love this season so much is because of our liturgical uh, practices during mm-hmm. Advent, right? That that our liturgies are full of um, imagery of quiet and darkness and mystery and waiting, right? Those are the themes that we hear over and over again in Advent. And we tend to often choose um, music that is quieter, not not so you know, triumphant or victorious, like mm-hmm. we do in some other parts of the year. And it does offer both the, f- the physical and mental space to quiet our minds and bodies and to have, to turn our attention to either discernment or waiting or, or whatever words we might use for that. So I'm really grateful that our, our collective liturgical experience provides for that. And of course, that, that is the, a gift from God, right? That we've, we have this season that comes to us every year as we move through uh, our understanding of, I mean, really, this is the, this is the story, right? That we repeat it every year so that we understand our purpose and identity in this world. And you can't do that um, only in one dimension of our faith. We have to move through a whole series of dimensions. Mm -hmm. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, I think it's really hard though, if you're a ruling elder or a teaching elder who is also uh, coordinating the Sunday school rotation and the Christmas brunch and who's going to get the music stands for the cantata from the middle school and um, you know whatever else, the black shoes for the concert. We were just talking about it's concert season again and somebody has grown out of their shoes again, right? Mm-hmm. If you've got all of those things on your plate, it is really hard to just step back from that and be in a posture, really a posture of noticing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, gosh, I wish I had, you know, magic for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I agree. I love the, one of the other gifts of the season to me is the light, just mm-hmm. the, and I think maybe that I also think of that when you talk about wintering, although I, I think that's a little different, but that, piece of what the season brings us in looking for the light and the lights that are around us. I mean, is there anything better than sitting in your home with just candlelight or just the tree shimmering there? Um, And it's some of those moments that maybe we can find the pause in the midst of looking for the black shoes where we can listen for what God may be saying to us through through the waiting, through those aspects of hope and discernment. Yeah, but it, yeah. Uh, oh, I totally confess, it's it's super hard. In fact, I could 
show you my to-do list right now that really has nothing to do with sort of the season of waiting. It's the do list, not the wait list. And yeah, how, how do we find those times in the midst of the busy? Yeah, a colleague of mine and I, um, a couple of years ago as we were coming out of COVID, were um, longing, I think would be the right word, for this kind of discipline in our lives. Um, and and she and I kind of joke that we just, we, we create things and think about things because we need them for ourselves. And then if we can share them with the other people, all the better. So we created this thing called the Tiny Sabbatical Project, which is really about taking these tiny, tiny bits of time, mm-hmm. like t- literally 10 minutes and kind of intentionally moving yourself out of whatever's happening, taking a pause, doing some breathing, doing some thinking, maybe some writing, moving your body a tiny bit, and then kind of re-entering and recognizing that if we're able to do that, mm-hmm. the re-entry, you end up entering differently back into the world, mm. right? You, you come in mm-hmm. with a different attitude or a different posture, different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all sorts of great neuroscience behind it. But here's here's the interesting thing, I think, maybe for this audience. My, my colleague is Catholic, and of course, I'm Presbyterian. And as we were diving into this little project that we were putting together, uh, what we recognized is that this pattern, this stepping away, breath work, meditation work, right? This is all, this is all ancient mm-hmm. religious practice. Like this is, this is nothing new under the sun, right? Mm-hmm. Our ancestors, our Christian ancestors have been, and, and not just Christian, but our ancestors have been doing this for millennia. And there's a reason for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And the reason is it works and it actually does help us recenter and focus on what the important things are. Um, so that was an interesting experience of trying to be more attentive mm-hmm. to noticing and pausing and waiting. But gosh, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's yep. really hard because yep. if you put that at the top of the to do list, you still see the 22 things underneath that that feel really pressing and urgent. But I do think there's. I, I I really like your idea of that yeah. tiny sabbatical of taking the 10 minutes. I mm-hmm. have a big long to-do list, but I yeah. have 10 minutes. Yeah. And and reframing and stepping into things in a in a different way, taking that time to breathe. And that certainly does have great connections to that spirit of waiting. Mm-hmm. of of waiting to get to the tasks and making our priorities mm-hmm. our relationship with God and and how we can enter into things in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to me in this embedded in this there's a a piece about if we can take a breath and not be so reactive, it offers us the opportunity to trust in God's goodness, right? Mm. That's not my first reaction naturally. My first reaction is self-reliance, <laughs> independence. I don't know where my children get that. Um, yeah, so, but the the practice of, again, stepping back, taking a pause, taking a breath, whatever, uh, 
it's almost as if that space allows us to to consider or reconsider our place in the bigger world and our relationship to God and to others, you know, who we are in community. And I include God in community in a way that I don't naturally do if I'm just powering through. Oh, really important things. You've done this some already, but as you think about our listeners being deacons and and ruling elders, are there things that you would like them to hear and know above all else related to our conversation today? Yeah, I just think about um, churches during this season and how really, really busy they are, how full the church schedule is during the season of Advent. And then too, in the beginning of the year, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got all, most churches are doing all sorts of great community outreach at this time of year. Uh, They've got extra worship services and special concerts, you know, lots of things going on. And then the year rolls over and all of a sudden you're into annual meetings and re, you know, that your leadership (laughs) is rolling over and you've got all sorts of new things going on. And I guess, you know, related to this question of noticing and waiting, the thing I would encourage is when the feeling is chaotic, right? And this is the season we're living in, it feels chaotic. But Mm -hmm. when the feeling is chaotic, If you can pause and take one step back and put the chaos into the bigger picture, I think that's what we're called to do. I really do. I don't think we're called to be super busy people who are knocking the to-do lists down. I really just don't think that that's what God had in mind. (laughs) Right. But we live in this tension between the world that, that, that God has called us to and the world that we have created. And some, sometimes there's overlap. Of course there's overlap there. And sometimes we live in this tension between those things. And so um, taking a pause mm-hmm. and remembering the bigger picture, I think is such a, not only a gracious way to be, but also a gift we can give other people in our mm-hmm. leadership. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. I really had looked forward to our conversation Sarah, and with very good reason. So thank you so much for being with me on the podcast today. I know that our conversation will sit with me for some time throughout Advent and far beyond. Thank you for being with us and for sharing a bit of yourself. Thank you so much for the invitation. It was delightful. We hope that you have been nourished through this episode of Along the Road. You're invited to visit the website for PCUSA Leader Formation for additional nourishment for ruling elders and deacons, pcusa.org slash leader dash formation. This has been the Along the Road podcast. We look forward to crossing paths with you again soon. 